My name is Nick Jost from Baroness, and you're listening to today's Boondoggle. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this intro before the intro of our today's Boondoggle radio show. Uh, as you know, we're a veteran-owned and operated podcast, and this has been an incredibly therapeutic journey for me as a veteran that struggles with PTSD and anxiety, just getting out and talking to people. But uh, it does cost us some money, so if you feel so obliged to donate to our GoFundMe, we have a GoFundMe under Today's Boondoggle. We also have a Venmo at Today's Boondoggle that you can donate to, uh, our anchor sponsorship at anchor.fm forward slash today's boondoggle uh, any questions comments suggestions complaints you can email us at today's boondoggle at gmail.com and please follow us on our social media sites at uh, at today's boondoggle on instagram facebook twitter all your uh, social media platforms as well as our youtube channel our rumble channel and our bit channel please follow subscribe comment and download and please consider checking out our sponsors. If you uh, support our sponsor, Dream Nutrition, you can receive 10% off your order by using the promo code BOONDOG10 at checkout. So Dream Nutrition, they're a veteran-owned and operated company as well, so please support them and receive 10% off using the promo code BOONDOG10. Thanks for your time, and thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning into this week's edition of today's Boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated entertainment cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news, entertainment information and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for tuning into the show here at Domain Cleveland. What's going on, everybody? It's Bill Bailey with today's boondoggle. And, uh, you know, you always hear like the ladies out there complaining. There's just no good guys left out there and stuff, you know. But I'll tell you, ladies, this is one of the best guys that I've gotten to know right here. He's a hell of a dude. And he's single. He is the Statlander. <laughs> My buddy, Rich. What's going on, buddy? What's up, Bill? <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, you know, we've gotten to know each other the past year and uh, connected on, on so many things, which we'll get into as as we uh, talk through this episode. But, you know, one thing that, you know, I've I've, I've told you is just like, you know, you, you're a do with a good heart and, um, you know, a, a good friend and you've done a lot for a lot of people and you still do a lot for me, man. So it's like, we've been talking it's like, let's, let's get, let's get you on here and get some of your story out there, man. Um, so, but usually when I have somebody on for the first time, I like to get a little bit of a background. So, uh, you know, originally, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, <clears throat> um, I wanted to be Superman actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've always had this obsession with, uh, Superman, the Mar the the character, um, 
and when I was growing up, I, you know, I, I, um, <clears throat> like I said, just had the obsession and, uh, I was two years old and, uh, my, my dad has re reconnected with me in life. Um, that's another story, but I was 18, but he's told me this story many times and that he, he's never been so scared in his life. We lived in this place, uh, called discovery Bay and, um, it was on the water and this it's called the Delta in the Bay area. It's kind of a extension of the Bay. <clears throat> well, anyway, um, he taught me how to swim at a pretty early age and I just took off and was really good at it. And, um, one, so one time I, I, I got out back and, you know, my parents are both kind of addicts. So my mom was definitely my dad, arguable, you know, self-diagnosis, of course. Um, and I jumped off a second story balcony and all I heard was Superman. And I jumped off into the water. And I mean, cause I've just always had this fascination with just wanting to fly, you know, just being able to lift off uh, your feet and just fly, you know, and I've kind of held on to that belief. So, you know, for long, long story short, I've always wanted to be Superman. So, and that carried over into, you know, how old were you when you did that? Two years old. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And then they up. were just like, you know, where, where were they at? Uh, I, I don't know, man, but you know, my dad just saw me in the water, you know, two stories down, I jumped off. It was probably like 15, 20 feet, you know? And, uh, but, <laughs> and I just came up laughing, you know, like as, you know, when you're a child, you're just not, you, I don't know. No fear, you know, you no don't know. Fear. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. So, you know, um, it kind of carried over into, you know, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know, man, if you believe in fate, you believe in, um, you know, uh, your path and things are just supposed to be the way they're supposed to be, you know, uh, for you to be who you are, you know, eventually, um, long story short, man, my parents got a divorce and, uh, you know, they're both really bad addicts and, and uh, I went through some turbulent times, you know, my mom ended up getting custody of me and um, she, her addiction just kind of grew and grew and grew. And, uh, you know, it, it, I look at it as a miracle that I turned out the way I did, you know, um, because really on paper, I feel like I should have turned out to be <laughs> in jail, you know, uh, I mean, who knows, you know, I mean, a criminal, you know, uh, uh, not a good person. And, um, you know, I've always had this, this heart and this empathy, you know, for people. And I never really like to, uh, you know, talk about myself so much. Um, and, uh, you know, I was 16 and, uh, I ran away from foster care and, uh, and I ran away to Wisconsin. I found my real sister. And, um, the only thing I knew, I only met her like twice in my life and, uh, she's significantly older than me. And uh, I just remembered her last name was Joyce and that she had lived in the Phoenix, Arizona area. Well, at the time I called um, 411 and I found everybody with the last name Joyce, you know, and I ended up finding her aunt and she had told me that she had moved to Wisconsin. And so I found her. I was like, hey, it's your baby brother. Um, I'm all grown up. <laughs> um, Mom decided to leave. I have no idea where she is. Um, I'm in foster care. Uh, you know, 
I, I don't know what to do. I, I, I don't, I don't want to live like this. <clears throat> and I dropped out of high school. And uh, fortunately, I got a work permit and I was working at a restaurant as a host and a busser. And I had saved up money. It's just kind of pre-addiction, you know, era. And uh, yeah, she's like, you can come out here if you want, if you can make your way out here. So, you know, uh, this is pre-September 11th. I, I just bought a plane ticket and I got a, got a ride to the Air, Oakland airport at like four o'clock in the morning uh, through a van service. And I went to Wisconsin, got a one-way ticket. They didn't even ID me. They didn't care. They're just like, okay, you know, and, um, you know, nobody was looking for me. You know, it wasn't, it was just well, it was what it is, you know, and, um, but, you know, so we were poor, really happy, but, you know, I was also happy, you know, I had some family and my sister was on probation. Her future husband was on parole. And I guess technically I was a legal runaway, you know, and, um, you know, that my, my brother-in-law taught me a lot about life. You know, he was a kid who made a lot of mistakes and he never went back. You know, he never became a statistic of recidivism and he just worked his ass off and did a lot of Joe jobs, you know, and we just kind of survived, you know, and, um, but he's also the first one who gave me my first guitar. And so, you know, I, I always had like a, a deeper sense of feeling and so, a lot of people say that. <laughs> I feel so deeply and like, I'm also like, maybe I'm sensitive, but I'm also sensitive to, you know, what is going on in the world. And that kind of makes me able to pick up, you know, what is going on a lot, a lot of times and see indicators, you know, and see where the, the puck is going, you know, be able to skate to where the puck is going, if you will. Um, it's a famous Wayne Gretzky quote. Um, yeah, I kind of noticed too, you know, I mean, speaking for myself and how we've gotten to know each other um, through, uh, you know, online meetings, um, recovery meetings and stuff. I mean, we are, you know, so like empathetic or overly sensitive and we don't know how to take all those emotions in, in life. And that's when it's almost easier to start numbing, you know, and finding things to numb because this doesn't feel comfortable. I'm, I don't feel comfortable in my own skin right now you know what what can i do to try and like be normal around these people you know and then that's yeah. when it when it starts but i wanted to ask you mentioned you got your first guitar your brother got you your first guitar and i know you've done music like when did that that journey start off for you so yeah i was um <clears throat> i was 15 16 you know and i had uh started just collecting cds and i just got into like rock music you know, I, I, I just, I felt a vibe, you know, and it just connected with me so much. And, um, you know, uh, I, uh, I was 18 and I just, I made a decision, man. And I can't, I guess it's the fruits of being young, but I just made a decision that I'm going to be a singer and I'm just, that, that's, that's my goal in life, you know? And, uh, <laughs> So I moved back to San Francisco Bay Area. I'd reconnected with my father, you know, and um, and I just met these guys at this party this one time, and I just and I never really sang a day in my life, really. I mean, like I listened to Deftones, Incubus, you know, Machine Head. Um, you like, know, what do you think attracted you to the the vocals and wanting to be a singer? Yeah, um, definitely, definitely that 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 style of music, you know, and 
I had always imagined that I was going to be like a singer, like um, say like Brandon Boyd from Incubus, you know? And so when I met these guys, you know, I was just like, I said, I'm a singer. Do you guys play? I totally looked at them. I was like, Hey, I kind of stereotyped them if you will. And um, yeah, they, this is the one guy's like, I play guitar. And the other guy's like, I play, I play drums, you know? And the next day we're, we're jamming in this, in this garage, my neighbor's garage is really cool at the time. And uh, let us jam. And, and all of, out of nowhere, dude, I'm just hearing this double bass roll that I've never heard before. And this crunchy, crazy tone guitar. And I'm just like, what the what the fuck am I supposed to do to this, you know? And they're like, I don't know, man, just scream. And I'm like, okay. And um, I got on a microphone and and my voice just like was just so compatible with this microphone. And I just started screaming, you know, and, and I just harnessed this this rage and this inner turmoil that I've had, you know, going on. So I've just felt so alone so many times in my life. And, uh, and I just, it just, it was like a spiritual awakening, you know? And, um, and they're like, dude, you have the voice of a demon. <laughs> I was like, really? Like, yeah, dude, do you want to, we actually have a band. Do you want to be in our band? And I was like, yeah. And then the rest was history, man. And, um, before you know it, like I, I started getting a lot of notoriety in the San Francisco Bay Area hardcore metal scene. And then um, I started just getting picked up, you know, by other projects. And then I got uh, one good shot. And but, you know, the thing was, too, is I also found alcohol and I found cocaine. And, um, you know, I've I also sabotaged, you know, a lot of opportunities I've had in music. Um, you know, and I keep reliving this, I've, I've kept reliving this pattern where I get almost like I, I call myself the king of almost, you know, and I, I get these great opportunities, you know, I was working with this, this really big band at the time, Deathcore was like the biggest thing at the time, you know, and uh, we we're playing really big shows with uh, Suicide Silence, Job for a Cowboy, you know, and, you know, we were we were like one of the founding fathers of Deathcore. And, um, you know, I I, I decided, you know, that it wasn't drinking, it wasn't drugging. The problem was the, mu the music was the problem. That was the one thing that was, you know, bringing the monster out of me, you know, and, and I kept my, and I didn't realize that drinking and drugging was actually like, so unconsciously my priority, right? Cause I, I protected that. It was like, everything else was the problem, but not this, you know, yeah. not this. And so the stuff that's keeping me from this is the problem. You know? Right. And so I moved to LA, you know, and I got the itch again and I built up another band, you know, we playing huge shows, you know, getting all these opportunities and, you know, like I'm, I've been like this undercover guy in the music industry. Like people have known who, like, you know, big people have known who I am, but they're like, we don't want to work with this guy because he's out, he is a terrible, terrible drug addict and alcoholic, you know, and, um, and I kept repeating this pattern, man, where I just like these like amazing projects and these amazing things would come come my way and and I would just destroy it. I would destroy it all. And it was just it was as if like I wouldn't let anything outside destroy it. If I'm gonna destroy my life, I'm gonna destroy my life. Yeah, you know? Self sabotage. Right. The only person that's gonna destroy this is me, you know, and that's where I was comfortable. And um, you know, and so it's 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 been hard trying to break that pattern, you know. Um I've yeah, done that many, many times, you know? Yeah, we were talking at my home group meeting last night, um, you know, about fourth step inventories and how it helps you find 
the patterns, you know, and why are you attracted to this certain type of woman? And then that, you know, some, and then it ends up in a disaster. Why you, you know, uh, keep repeating these, these different patterns. And then, you know, when you do your inventory and go through it, you know, fearless, you know, moral inventory, you know, you, uh, you start to see those and figure out how to break them. But I still, you know, I can totally still relate like to that uncomfortableness and that self-sabotaging, man. It's like, I still struggle with that today, you know, you know, and I got 12 years without drinking and drugging, you know, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Almost, you yeah. start getting uncomfortable with like, what do I do now? If I succeed, you know, then there's more expected of me. There's more responsibility. There's more of this. So if I succeed, I'm out of my comfort zone. So I, I, I better self-sabotage and stay here, you know? Right. It's a uh, fear of success, you know? Um, <clears throat> it's, it's been, um, it's a, it's a wild ride, man. I mean, it, it, one, one way I look at it, like I get, I get so mad at myself. I'm like, why, you know? Cause like, you know, we're surrounded with a lot of great musicians, you know? And, um, and it's like God is like kind of saying like you you belong you know in this in this echelon you know great musicians and and I'm grateful for that you know um, although I didn't really do much with my career you know as of yet um, you know I at the same time you know sobriety has taught me that you know my my biggest gift you know is is empathy. You know, it's not drowning my sorrows and numbing myself out. It has been empathy. It has been, you know, the the ability to see, to have to be awake, to see indicators of, of life and where in the trajectory of, of you know, this planet. And um, it's, 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 it's been the wildest ride. You know, it's also been painful, you know, um, but I've also been able to stay sober. And, uh, you know, in sobriety, I've had the opportunity to, you know, record like at some, you know, huge studios and with some big people and, you know, and right when COVID happened, I was recording an album, you know, with a major label. And I was like, this is it. This is my shot. I'm not going to fuck this up, you know? <laughs> and, and then COVID hit and I was like, and everything was just shattered again. And I was like, oh, why? You know, but I didn't drink about, it, you know, um, and uh, prior to that, you know, I had I had worked my way up to another, another, uh, deal and we were doing really well and working with another major label <clears throat> and, uh, they decided to pull the rug on it last second, shelve it. And I drank, you know, I relapsed after a year and 10 months. Um, but you know, it, uh, it was the greatest blessing because, you know, I didn't work a program. I did stay sober for a year and 10 months, but I white knuckled it and, um, I wasn't giving it to God, you know, I wasn't, it was my ego was building up, you know, and, um, and I look at it as if, you know, God was like, you're not ready, you know, and, um, and it couldn't be truer. You know, I, uh, you know, I've put together four years, a little over four years now, and, uh, you know, I've helped so many people and, um, you know, and, uh, it's just, it just gotta keep the faith, you know? Yeah. I wanted to go back a little bit too. Cause I remember, uh, you know, as you were, making it a name for yourself in the scene. And you've shared with me uh, previously about, uh, you know, you were one of those guys that relocated a lot. And I wanted to touch a little bit about your time in Hawaii, the Hawaii hardcore scene, 
hear a little bit about that. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So I had, uh, I had left, uh, left Huntington beach, um, and, uh, decided to go to Hawaii. I just kind of, once again, repeated this cycle, you know, and I'm kind of, kind of going through it right now in a way. Um, I had a really good friend, um, who, you know, was a really big, really big rock star. Um, and we ended up reconnecting out in Huntington beach and he ended up, uh, pretty much committing suicide, um, arguably. And, um, also I, I had a, a relationship, which, you know, this girl deserved an Academy award, you know, um, just out of nowhere after dating for about seven months, she said, uh, I'm moving in with my ex-boyfriend, um, we're through, we're over. And I'm like, Whoa, you know? So I just decided, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go to Hawaii and, uh, die. You know, that's, I just wanted to drink the way I wanted to drink. And I just didn't think I, there was no, I'd accepted my fate. I accepted that I was going to die this way. And that's, that's just what I was going to do. And so I ended up going out to Hawaii and I got a job on a cruise ship. Um, and I worked on this cruise ship and, um, you know, shockingly, I had really got, like my drinking under control um for the most part and and then one night I, I i got really wasted and um you know i i moved up in in this cruise ship i became a firefighter on board and you know I, life was kind of going well and um this guy sucker punched me and i ended up getting into a big fight and Needless to say, uh, they dropped me off. They left me in Maui. They're like, good luck getting home. You cannot leave until the Coast Guard notifies you. Um, so I was stuck in Hawaii. <laughs> and uh, so I, I went to where uh, we do our best thinking, which is the bar. And uh, <laughs> I took a taxi to the bar and um, was like, what am I going to do? You know. And so I decided... Um, I mean, if I go back to San Francisco, I go back to LA, they're going to find me. They're going to throw me in military prison. You have to have a military ID in order to work on a cruise ship. And um, so I decided to go to Honolulu and uh, I stayed in a hostel for like five months. And my drinking and drugging was so terrible. And the, the hostel was like 15 bucks a night, you know, and I worked random Joe jobs. I worked security at a country bar. I worked... Um, I got a great job and I blew that cause I got too wasted, you know, everything. I mean, I just got wasted and I just destroyed everything, you know, and, um, eventually worked my way up to just grabbing a job, you know, kind of stayed a little stable, you know, uh, but you know, uh, I got the itch again, you know, I got the itch again and you know, like I was, I just kind of started looking for people who wanted to play metal. You know, I found out there was like a little metal scene on Honolulu and, I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show, I'm gonna show these guys what, you know, what this is all about, man. You know, and sure nice. shit, man. I ended up uh, finding some guys, and they weren't, you know, the greatest musicians, but um, you know, people were like, dude, this guy's voice is just fucking nuts. And they were like native Hawaiians and everything too. Well, native Hawaiians, a lot of people like uh, Honolulu is filled with a lot of people who come from all over the world. You know, uh, a lot of people work in the service industry um they 
they just kind of like want to come live life, experience life. You know, there's really not much in terms of a career if you, unless you're like, you know, native Hawaiian, you're looking to become a doctor, you know, an engineer or a firefighter or a police officer there. Other than that, there's a lot of service industry jobs. So there's people from all over, all over the United States, all over Japan, you know, all over the world. Um, so it was a unique experience, you know. Um, but I started a band called This Moment Onward out there. And um, before you know it, we're, you know, every, we're, you know, I have a lot of friends in the music industry as well. And so I was just helping this promoter get some bands out there, you know. Uh, so Unearth came out, you know, I'm friends with Trevor Phipps um and uh kill switch engage um i wrestled a bear once uh carnifex uh mastodon so all these all these bands just like would come out and we would get they put us on all these big bills you know so we'd play all these huge shows you know and and i became like the native rock star of honolulu <laughs> like, nice. who is this who is this mysterious guy like who just just stays to himself he's quiet he drinks a lot and he just comes on stage and just fucking torments this microphone you know <laughs> this man of mystery you know and um and so but really the reality was that you know paradise became my hell you know and so i didn't really i mean for a while i enjoyed hawaii you know i got to jump off waterfalls and you know go scuba diving and stuff and then that novelty wore off and and I just kind of would just black out my windows, you know, and just hated the sun and wanted to drink and, you know, and that's, that's what happened man. you know, became a, came a, you know, just got stuck in my own, my own prison. But uh, yeah, man, we did well. It was um, what a, what a great ride. You know, we were, we were doing well. I mean, the music wasn't, you know, the caliber and I hate to say it like that, you know, cause I love those guys. I love them so much. And it wasn't exactly the caliber I'm used to, you know, um, you know it, the professionalism the but you know the the being able to start a scene to be able to you know and have that local following and you know we're getting invited on the local rock station to interview and stuff like that and playing all these you know big shows that come through and it was uh you know it was it was quite the experience you know um and then uh i keep oh keep going in and out uh I'm grateful for that experience though, because, um, that's how I really, truly surrendered. Um, I fell in love with the girl, of course. And, <laughs> um, this girl saw through my bullshit and she didn't even want me to stop drinking. She didn't want me to stop drinking. She just wanted me to stop drinking as much, you know? And, um, she was, she was an aspiring actress, you know, and, um, very talented. And she wanted to go back to Hollywood, you know? And I was like, once again, drinking and drugging wasn't my problem. You know, Hollywood. I'm like, no, I can't go. I'll die. You know, <laughs> I'll yeah. die. And I'm like, but drinking and drugging will kill you. You know, um, the rash, the rational thinking was just crazy. And um, yeah. So <clears throat> anyway, she left, and I said I'd follow, and I didn't follow. I couldn't stop drinking. You know, and she ended up leaving. You know, leaving me entirely. And that's when I realized because I meant every, every bone in my body for the first time in my life, I actually love something more than, than myself and my drinking and drugging, you know, and I promised and then I couldn't do it, you know, and that was the, the epiphany. I was like, maybe I do have a problem, you know, uh, like a serious problem. Right. Um, 
and yeah and because of that relationship because of everything like that i just i kind of made an oath you know regardless if i got her back or not you know i was gonna i was gonna get sober you know and that was the beginning of my journey um and then what led to end up leaving hawaii then yep yeah i went to minnesota (laughs) (laughs) so it's always kind of you've been one of those geographical uh guys but so then uh after hawaii you went to minnesota and is that when you started in recovery like yeah yeah i went and i uh i got i went to treatment out in minnesota um and it was uh it was different you know it was um the thing about minnesota and this is god you know um in minnesota if you have an address you can actually go to treatment for free um takes a little time you know, but, uh, you can, you can actually go into treatment for free, you know, which is different than other, a lot of other places, you know? Um, and, uh, however, the, the treatment I went to was kind of, um, more like an institution. There was like 150 guys, you know, and, um, middle of winter, you know, and very limited on meetings, very limited on, you know, introduction to the program. And, uh, but they give you the book, you know, and, um, <clears throat> I read, I read some of it, you know, and I was like, you know, oh, well, this is, I mean, what I read seemed kind of similar, you know, but I didn't take it very serious. It was just like, I can do this on my own, you know, and I didn't really give it to God. I didn't understand the steps. I didn't understand you need to get a sponsor to guide you through this thing, you know, but what I did, did get is I built a healthy fear of ever drinking again, you know, and, um, which was just my path. You know, and a year and 10 months, you know, I had devoted my life. I'm like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a rock star. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to LA. I'm going to get, I'm going to get my girl back, all this stuff, you know, and uh, <laughs> half of that kind of happened. You know, I, I, it, it's crazy how powerful we are, you know, as humans. And um, I had found a, a little recording studio underneath a music store and I started recording uh, songs and um you know i got the opportunity to go back to la again and you know built built up this built up the steam and you know people are like oh yeah you're that guy i'm like oh yeah yeah well i'm sober now you know and uh and um you know i didn't really know the meaning you know like of of there's sober right and then there's recovery and um yeah you know working working recovery has been you know the only thing that really keeps it at bay, you know, the monster within. Um, but so what uh, project was that then you started working on? Uh, so that was a project called As in Revenge. And I've um, <clears throat> I've kept the name, you know, I own the name and I've I've kind of I've, I've tried to revamp it <laughs> like three times. Um, I just uh, I'm trying I, I need to. I'm not very privy to, you know, how I can get this all started or everything like that, but I just wanted to coin it the, the brand with the band, you know, uh, and, um, and I wanted it to be like more like a charitable thing, you know, um, giving back as opposed to just sit band centered, you know, sorry. And as in revenge be more of the brand, you know, um, but yeah, as in revenge was uh, was the project, and I'm glad that I own the 
the rights to that name because um, it has a lot of meaning to me, you know, and um, and as in revenge means like, you know, I'm taking I'm taking revenge on my addiction, I'm taking revenge on the world and these mishaps and these things that are happening through love. You know, we're, we're choosing love as in revenge. We're choosing to be a good person as in revenge, you know, instead of doing what society expects from me, which is, you know, be, I mean, you know, I was, I was low on the totem pole, man. I mean, I should have been, like I said, a criminal. I should have been so many different things, but it's amazing that I turned out, you know, just to be caring, you know, and empathetic because, you know, I, I mean, I see addicts struggle, you know, daily and, um, I know what that's like, you know, and it's my story and it's no, it's just, it's kind of like the same stories over and over, just different characters, different arenas, you know? And, um, yeah, it, that's what as an revenge was, was really supposed to be about, you know? And what uh, was that point then? Um, cause you were talking like you really weren't, you were, you were sober during that time back out there, but then when did you hit the point where it was just like, okay, now I got to actually work some recovery. So I relapsed, um, after a year and 10 months, you know, I was working with, uh, a big management team and, uh, working with the major label and, um, and, uh, they pulled the rug, man. And I just didn't see how delicate, you know, and I said, Oh, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, but really I didn't mean it, you know, <laughs> it was all ego. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I, and so I relapsed and, um, I decided to take a drink on the 4th of July, um, 2017 in Huntington beach. And, uh, I said, I'm going to take, I'm just going to take a drink on the hour, every hour, you know, control it. And, um, yeah. And I just, I, I'll never forget taking that first sip. And it was as if something just came from the feet, from my feet all the way through my veins, all the way up to my head. And before it really hit my head and I got that head change, the first thought that came to my mind was, God, I hope I make it back from this. Everything, everything that I'd read of that in that book that I took for granted, everything that all the little grains of wisdom that I've learned along the way, you know, in my time of not recovery, but staying sober, um, came true, you know, and, um, and you know, I, uh, the miracle is, is like, I didn't end up, you know, dying. I didn't end up killing anybody. You know, I was, I was close call. You know, I was doing Xanax. I was drinking, you know, I was putting cocaine up my nose and, you know, um, it just got so worse. It was as if I made up for lost time, you know, I made up for a year and 10 months of sobriety. Like my disease was like, well, we're going to make up for this, you know? And the, um, the miracle was, is that I actually put a stop to it, you know, and, I didn't, I didn't have to reach rock bottom. You know, I, I, I asked for help and I, and I, and I took the help, you know, and, and I didn't, I didn't just like, I didn't let the disease say, Oh no, I can figure this out, you know? And so I ended up getting sent up to a place called thousand Oaks, California and went to treatment there and uh, decided to just stay, you know, and, worked in sober livings and worked in treatment, you know, uh, and helped a lot of people, you know, and, um, kind of took hiatus and started seeing, you know, just 
benefits, you know, the more I give, the more I receive, um, kind of a, what's called law of reciprocity. Um, you know, and I have faith that, uh, things will keep working out that way. You know, it's, uh, life is a bunch of tests and trials, you know, um, but yeah, it's, I just devoted my life to recovery, you know, and learning how to stay sober because, you know, if I do have, you know, children of my own and all that, like, I just want to break this cycle. You know, I don't want them to ever see their father drunk, you know, and, and, and wasted, you know, I don't want them to live like how I lived, you know, growing up, you know? Um, so it's just, it's, it's no, you know, it's, it's, uh, no wonder why I became an addict and alcoholic, you know, it's also learned behavior, you know, watching my parents and my mom, especially like, and their issues through drinking and drugging, you know, and, um, and also partially, you know, genetics predisposition, of course, you know, it runs in my family. So, you know, it's just, it just really just, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know what came over me, you know, I mean, the reality is I, I, I feel like I should be part of that, you know, 99% of us that don't make it, you know, that don't give into this thing. Cause I can very easily intellectualize my, my way out of this, you know? Um, and, uh, but you know, I, I, I choose spirituality, you know, I choose faith and I, I choose that over fear, you know, and I, I do suffer with fear, you know, all the time. Um, but, you know, as long as I have 51% faith over 49% fear, you know, yeah, <laughs> try to stay ahead. So, yeah, we were kind of talking about that yesterday. Um, <clears throat> so then like, when did you, uh, we're like, okay, I'm going to try and do this right. I'm going to get a sponsor. I'm going to work the steps. Uh Hey, baby, baby. this is Double D, also known as Dream Daddy. And I got to tell y'all something about our new sponsorship here at today's Boondoggle. And the name is Dream Nutrition. So if you're looking to empower your human vitality, well, then you come to the right place. With over 12 years of combined experience in cannabinoids and terpene products, Dream Nutrition products include CBD oils, patches, protein, and so much more. The endocannabinoid system is believed to have involvement in regulating physiological and cognitive processes, including the immune system, appetite, pain sensation, mood, memory, and in mediating the pharmacological effects of cannabis. Support this veteran-owned and operated company today, and today's Boondoggle fans will receive 10% off their orders when using the promo code BOONDOG10 at checkout. That's B-O-O-N-D-O-G-10 at checkout. So go to the link. That's dreamnutrition.com forward slash discount forward slash BOONDOG10. And remember, dream is not spelled like dream daddy. It's spelled D-R-E-E-M. And start saving today because you deserve to feel your best. And you know that's right. So tell them Dream Daddy and your friends from today's Boondoggle sent you.
that was in at Thousand Oaks where you finally were going to do it the right way? Yeah. Yeah. That's in that, you know, I did. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, the first time with the steps, you know, it was, it was, it was a learning experience. I mean, this whole, this whole recovery has been a learning experience. You know, it's, it's not just about going to meetings. It's about, you know, doing these steps. And then, um, you know, shortly after taking a shot at life and messing that up all again, you know, <laughs> and seeing that there's many layers, you know, like the first time I went to the steps is just like this topical layer, you know, of why I drink, you know, and why I'm an addict. And then, second layer was like who is rich as a person you know why you know these behaviors and this unmanageable behavior that leads back to drinking you know instead of going back to drinking i decided to go a little to the next layer you know and uh so through the pain of you know being sober and it and i, I had decided, I decided to go to the steps again instead of going back to drinking and drugging you know and um and i did it i did it again you know and uh repeated a lot of patterns in sobriety a third time <laughs> i went through the steps a third time you know and uh it's it's a it's a continued learning uh experience you know well, like they say more will be revealed you know and then uh, i've heard it always like you know we're always unpeeling more layers of the onion i know so many people that they get in they go to meetings and they don't drink but nothing else changes. They're still kind of a-holes to their family. They're still kind of whatever, but I'm not picking up a drink, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and, you know, when we're really working recovery and turning it to God, he's revealing, you know, what, what needs to improve, you know, and how many layers of this onion we got to keep peeling because it's just like, I'm not just, you know, and that's, you know, when I, I first several years of my, recovery i kind of was just like one of those people you know just a dry drunk you know and then another reminder of you know when you're when you when you saw like you shared that one story that one gentleman saying well maybe you haven't suffered enough yet or experienced enough pain you know and that, that's so true because there's always you know something else if we get comfortable there's that uncomfortableness that pain that comes up in something reminds you, okay, I got to do more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, they, they say, especially, uh, and it couldn't be more true, you know, is, uh, it, it kind of comes down once you get sober, you know, and you start seeing how God, as you understand God, and I use that term loosely, right. Um, that's why I really like this program because you can choose the conception of your own, of your own higher power. You know, it doesn't have to be, one way or another, you know, you just have to feel that there's some type of backbone. There's some type of force out there that really is there amongst you the whole time, you know, and, uh, and the 12, 12 talks about, you know, pain being the touchstone of spiritual growth, you know, and the bravery and the courage it takes, you know, for anybody, you know, to get significant time, you know, means that they probably had to screw a lot of things up in sobriety, you know, and 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 the ability to to not go back to drinking and drugging which is our habits right to learn that behavior and to go forward and to actually learn from the pain you know and and to grow from it you know is is i mean for people like us it's it's the most tremendous feat 
you know um and a lot of normies don't get it you know like they're like oh you got two years sober congratulations you're doing it everything you're supposed to be doing you know yeah yeah but for for guys like us in our group like we're like man you got 30 days that's that's incredible you know because it's true man you know we all suffer from you know obsession of the mind you know and a biology of this body you know that a craving beyond you know where we're like we can't stay present you know when we're drinking and drinking enjoying yourself we're we can't stay present we're we're worried about how we can get that next drink you know we're already in the future like how am i gonna get that next beer you know and the beer is out like fuck how are we gonna get more beer you know um cocaine and things like that you know it's um that carries into so much too you know i was thinking about um just uh the the learn teaching our mind how to be stay in the present like and i'm you know i'm actually engaged in listening to you talk and um where before when i first started doing this and this podcast has been like therapy for me to be comfortable talking with people again without needing alcohol or drugs or something you know but um when i first started it'd be like i was already thinking about the next question while they were talking and not listening to anything anybody was saying you know and it's just like it's been this program you know helps you just stay in the present man enjoy the moment enjoy this what's going on you know yeah and uh yeah i mean it it, was you know i'll still find myself like with that adult adhd and stuff like that and that kind of brings me to another thing that i think me and you have talked about before uh like dual diagnosis, you know, there's so many of us with, you know, other things that we're struggling with. And that's, you know, alcohol was just like, you know, the bandaid or the coping mechanism, you know, to deal with that. And it's not until we're w- willing to dig into those roots, you know, cause we can keep trimming the leaves and the branches and stuff, but stuff grows back. It's not until we dig down in the roots that we can really experience the healing, you know? Yeah. No, it's, I mean, I've, you know, I've worked, <clears throat> you know, I'm so grateful for my experience, um, in working in recovery, you know, it, um, one, it's also shined a light a lot on, on me personally, you know, um, but it's also, it's been, it's been this crash course in, uh, you know, especially addictive behavior, you know, uh, but human behavior as a whole, you know, and, um, yeah, I mean, with it, it's it, it's just been the craziest experience, man. Like, and I don't, I don't necessarily know where it's leading me. You know what, what, uh, what the point was entirely. You know, I know that my sobriety is stronger than it's ever been. Um, I know that without this, without this group, our group of guys, you know, and without working this program the best of my ability, that I don't stand a chance. <laughs> you know. Um, uh, it, you know, it, it's, um, <clears throat> it's been just the, the, the biggest learning experience I've ever, you know, I've, I've watched miracles, you know, I've watched families reconnect. I've watched people die. You know, like there was a kid a little over a year ago, man. And I couldn't, I couldn't save him. You know, he was dead for a couple hours and I was Narcan, trying to Narcan him, you know, and he was dead on my kitchen floor. You know, he's probably dead for a couple hours and, um, you know, giving him CPR and finally paramedics arrived and, you know, he's, he's been dead for hours and, uh, 
you know, and then there's, and then I had, you know, one other incident where I Narcan somebody and brought him back to life, you know, and, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's the wild thing. And, and, um, especially the, nowadays with, uh, you know, this, the, the opiate crisis and the fentanyl, like it, it, it's killing people, man. It's just, it, it's, it's crazy, you know, and, you know, us, us traditionalists, you know, I like to call us the alcoholic traditionalists, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know what's worse. You know, I don't know. Um, because sometimes you think about it when you're in active alcoholism and active addiction, it, it's not, it's something, something that won't kill you right away. You know, you're, it's something that makes you wish, make you, makes you wish you were dead, you know, for, for a long time. And I know for a fact, like for 10 years, you know, I, I wanted, I just wanted to die, you know, and, um, you know, I can manipulate my way. I can get all these amazing things and have these amazing experiences. But, you know, in the back, back in the background, I just want, I just wanted to, you know, and, um, and then, and then you see fentanyl and just, you know, it takes taking kids and people out like, like that, you know? Well, uh, I know too, like, I mean, for me, it wasn't like when I was going out at night or or whatever, and I knew I was going to go party with my friends. It wasn't like, I didn't jump right into cocaine, you know, I didn't jump right into, you know, some of the other stuff I was doing out there, you know, there's, I started with a couple drinks, you know, it always started with that first drink, you know, I got comfortable with a couple drinks. I'm like, I'm like, I'm liking this drinking. I want to keep drinking tonight. Well, you know, let's do a couple key bumps to keep the party going, you know? And, uh, yeah. it was, you know, I never, I, I, I cannot think of any night where I was just like, I'm not going to drink, but I really want to do a couple lines, you know? I don't know. That just wasn't me. It was always started with the drink, you know, or the thought, the thoughts when I was out, like, you know, when I was first trying to be a good dad, when my kids were first born and, you know, I'm just going to go out for a little bit so I can be home, tuck my kids in or, uh, you know, not being hung over tomorrow morning because we got plans, you know, and then it, it didn't happen because I stayed out, you know, and because I had that first drink that that opened up all the the other stuff. And then it opened up like the chase and the other women and, you know. <clears throat> but that, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking for myself, but I think, you know, that's story of a lot of us, you know? And so I don't know, like what, when we talk about this, this epidemic we're dealing with that, that should be getting more uh, coverage in the media, you know, than this other thing with fentanyl. Um, I, I mean, are they jumping right into fentanyl or is it, you know, it doesn't start with that drink and then I'm going to go do this stuff and it's end up being laced and killing me now, you know? So, yeah, I mean, you know, we were, we were talking a little bit earlier, uh, before we went on air about, you know, my shirt and, um, you know, talking about, uh, Tim Lambesis, you know, and his addiction of steroids and things. And I met, I met a lot of people who are just, you know, I don't like alcohol. I, you know, I like fentanyl and I like meth or whatever, you know, and that, you know, and that, that's the thing that is like, <clears throat> for me personally, like my very foundation, just like you're talking about was like, I had to have a couple drinks no matter what. And then the rest was like game on, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. everything else was like, Oh, cocaine, 
Oh, it was Annex. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Let's do it, you know? But if I didn't have a couple of drinks, I mean, it was just, you know, like I was, it It didn't make sense, you know? Felt like uh, you stood a chance, you know, if you didn't have those drinks, you know, to say no to the other stuff, at least for me. Oh, but yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't just go like, oh, I just want, I just feel like doing, you know, Xanax or fentanyl today. Like, you know, like, it, but drinking, you know, it's so accessible. It's so necessary for my body chemistry you know like i had to have it you know and um but you see like you see the 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 addiction you know addiction itself you know like people go like especially when they enter treatment they don't understand that alcoholism and addiction you know are the same exact thing you know and they think oh i'm just addicted to alcohol i used to be an alcoholic but now i'm just addicted to that no it's exactly the same you know it's a way of thinking you know it's not it's not just um oh i'm addicted to a substance therefore i'm an alcoholic like it's a way of thinking it's the behavior behind underneath the alcohol and the drugs that lead you to use that substance to drown out things to numb yourself Ooh, out yeah. to not deal with the real world you know and especially right now i mean the fact that you know we're staying sober you know we have a group of guys who are staying sober and, and try and really on the pursuit of you know, staying sober, getting sober, even, you know, in this unpredictable time is just mind boggling, you know, like, it's so easy to give up. It's the greatest excuse, mm. you know, to go out and drink. Like, I've seen it over and over, you know, like, oh, coronavirus, I'm going to go drink because it doesn't even matter. You know, I was trying to say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that word. Um, <laughs> you know, um, we'll call it uh, the, uh, that guy. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, it's, uh, man, it's, well, you know, you got me thinking too, like, I mean, I guess to kind of shoot what I was saying earlier in the foot, you know, I mean, I, one of the things that I've talked to you and some of the guys about, you know, is struggling with, uh, food, you know, it's like, I found something else that I still you know, when I, when I'm looking to numb, whatever anxiety or discomfort I'm dealing with, you know, another way I self-sabotage, you know, I'm finally doing well with, uh, you know, fitness and nutrition and I'm losing weight. And now people are paying attention to me and I'm feeling uncomfortable, you know, and I, I might be reaching something with the jujitsu and stuff that I've been in reaching certain goals. So then I'm going to self-sabotage because I'm feeling uncomfortable. So then I'm, I'm going to comfort myself with food, you know, and, and, and there, I guess it is easy to pick up all these other things before it would be, you know, I was sober and going to school and I'm trying to be a better, you know, get better and be a better example for my daughters. But then I'm hooking up with some of my classmates and, you know, I'm chasing the women around and stuff like that, you know, another addiction, you know? So yeah, it's just to feel, you know, to numb that, anxiety and discomfort or whatever that longing to for belonging or something you know yeah and um you know it, it's it's been like a for me you know it's been a develop developmental like just uh hindrance if you will like I, like every time I, I would get so close you know to like these dreams that i have of music but i have these unconscious the unconscious beliefs these limiting beliefs inside me that like i don't deserve this you know mm. and and i would and i would just destroy it 
you know, and, and it, it's, it's it, this fear, this fear of success that I'm unaware of. Right. But it, it runs my life, you know, and, uh, you know, as an alcoholic, we, we suffer from a thousand different forms of fear, you know, and, um, and, you know, the fact that I'd rather just go to something that I'm comfortable with, which is, you know, misery, chaos, and hell, <laughs> instead of, you know, just going for it, you know, you never know. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not perfect, you know, and I, you know, I've, uh, I've recently done another geographical, <laughs> um, I'm in Tennessee now, you know, and, uh, I was in Southern California for a while and had a, um, kind of a traumatic thing happened and I just kind of, I just didn't see myself like going in a good direction if I stayed. And so I just kind of took a shot and I'm trying to believe that I didn't run away. I ran to something, you know, um, running for a reason, you know, uh, not running away, but running to something, as I said, and you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's all dependent on my faith, you know, and you didn't pick up a drink this time too, you know? No, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Working, working this program with our, with our fellows and, you know, um, so it's like, there's still some patterns and now we get to work on them, you know, sober and with clearer eyes and see them yeah. more obviously now. Yeah. You know? Um, so I want to ask you too, then, you know, I mean, and we've talked a little bit about this, you know, you're out in Tennessee now. Music is still on your heart. It's something that you still are looking to pursue that you have a gift for. What kind of like what what goals do you have set for yourself uh, coming up here? Well, I mean, here we are in, in 2022 now. What goals mm -hmm. have you set for yourself for this year? Well, you know, um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man, it's the music industry seems to be so unpredictable at the moment. Uh, it's, you know, I, you know, I've, I've, I've thought about it. I've prayed on it. And it's funny that, you know, I've been praying on this, you know, and, uh, you know, my heart that that's all I want to do, man, is all, all I want to do is play music and help people, you know, through this program. And, um, like, that's the most genuine thing that I want to do. You know, like everything else seems like it's just so foreign. It doesn't, it doesn't compute. It doesn't meet my, my biology, you know? And, um, and then as soon as I start praying for it, you know, you, you asked me to do this podcast, you know, you, you know, you, you have me send out some tracks and, you know, to you guys. And I mean, I, I, I don't want to be that guy, but Hey man, listen to my music, you know, like, <laughs> you know, it's like, I come as an individual, I come as an alcoholic first, you know? Um, and, you know, as a, as a grown with you guys, like in this last year, like you got to know me, you know, and I've got to know you guys, you know, and that, that's the most important thing. Um, you know, in some, some, some regards, if, uh, if this is, you know, God trying to send me a message, you know, um, don't be afraid. You know, don't be afraid to go after, after this, you know, I mean, one, another time, you know, maybe one more time. And I feel like in my heart, I got one more, I got one more in me, you know, and this time it's just like, am I going to do it right? Or am I going to get scared again? You know? And uh, yeah, hopefully just, one, you know, one more, one, one more run with music, not one more run 
with the other stuff, you know, maybe right. you needed this time for God to prepare you for, you know, you weren't, I mean, and you can look back. I know I can look back at a lot of things that opportunities, you know, cause I've done, you know, the concert promotion thing and I've been involved with the music industry in that regards and formed friends with people, but you know, for the bigger things that the opportunities I wanted and I thought I could do in these grandiose ideas or whatever, they were selfish and self-centered and I wasn't ready for any of that stuff, you know? And I look back then and like, okay, that's why these things fell through because I wasn't ready. God, but you know, you pray about it and God's, <coughs> God's preparing us, you know, to be ready for whatever that is. But to also, like you said, you know, we're grateful for more of the, the, the relationships and the helping others, you know? And I think that's God, once God, I think, sees our heart where it's supposed to be at, where he wants it, that's when the blessings and the gifts come. And I think there's blessings and gifts definitely headed your way, man. Thank you, brother. Yeah, I I mean, I, I really I really believe what you just said there, man. I really do. Um, I believe that, you know, God knows what I want in my heart, you know, and I think that this is – everything's happening the way it's supposed to happen in order to be who I am right now and to where I'm supposed to go, you know, um, whatever I'm supposed to learn, you know, and he's opening doors and it's my choice whether or not to walk through them, you know? Um, and, uh, and that's the free will aspect of this, you know, um, you know, I, I pray every morning for, you know, God's will for me. Uh, I don't necessarily know what God's will is, but I know what it isn't. You know, I know it's for me not to be a, a dickhead, <laughs> you know, drinking, drugging and hurting people, you know. Um, yeah, the reality is I've, I've hurt a lot of people along the way, you know, and um, I made a lot of amends. You know, some of them don't want to hear, hear it from me, you know, uh, including a, a couple of uh, former bandmates. You know, they don't they don't want to hear it from me. You know, they're they're so pissed at me like. They're like we were so close and you've destroyed everything. Like I I'd never played music really again, you know, because of that experience. And I'm like, you know, and that something I have to live with. And you know, it's like, what can I what can I do to make it right? Well, you can fuck off and die. <laughs> get right on that. <laughs> you know, um uh it's uh you know it's 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 a constant constant battle of atonement, you know, trying to make things right and uh trying to help others you know and um i i I don't know what i'm meant for you know i really don't like in my heart you know kind of comes back to the superman thing you know when i was younger i've always felt different you know always felt like i was meant for greatness and i had i have the ability i mean i think we all do you know i really do you know um i argue a lot of times you know with um the bible you know people you know, talk, Jesus talks about being the son of God. And I think he was saying that we're all the sons and daughters of God, that we all have a divine spark inside of us, that God, God lives within us, you know, and um, that we're all capable of so many amazing things, you know, and if you believe it, you know, you can, and you conceive it, you can achieve it. You know, I've lived by that and I've done it so many times, but every time I get to this, the frontier, I get to this point, I, I destroy it. I just, you know, and I, I don't know why. the fear thoughts. Yeah. Know, I get to this point and it's over. like, well, what if this happens? But I don't think about, well, what if, what if, what if it doesn't, you know, what, yeah. 
And, um, you know, and it, 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 it's easy to be like, I can grovel over it. I can be like, oh, God, such an idiot, you know, go drink about it, you know. Or I can get up and do it again, you know. Um, I mean, you know. I know for me back when I was in my addiction too, man, it was just like it was so easy to, you know, blame others. Like I even blame God when things didn't, you know, oh, you're just screw with me. You don't want this for me and whatever. Like, yeah. no, man, I just want you to be ready for what you're supposed to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was, you know, recently, like I got, I got into a mode where I was almost on the verge of blaming God, but, you know, as I've worked these steps, uh, multiple times, I, I, I've come to see that, you know, change is inevitable. And, um, usually, when something changes or something seems painful on the service on the surface, it's an opportunity for me to grow. It's an opportunity to break through something. And because of that, you know, especially with, uh, everything I just went through recently, um, you know, was one of, one of the most painful things I've ever been through, you know, and, but what I can say is that a drink never crossed my mind, you know, mm-hmm. going back to drinking and drugging didn't cross my mind. And as you grow in this program, it's so easy to just be like, oh, that's nothing, you know? But the reality is, like, for people like you and me, that is the biggest miracle, <laughs> you know? Like, oh, it, it's it's just, that's, that's nothing. But, I mean, it really is a big miracle because, like, if this happened, what happened just recently, you know, um, yeah, I would have gone back to drinking drugging easily like that, you know? Yeah. And that didn't even cross my mind. And so my point is, is that, you know, even though change is scary, it's inevitable, but I, I'm more welcoming of it. You know, I'm not as fearful of it as I was, you know, say when I first started this, you know, this uh, journey, you know, this time around, um, it's been, it's been, it's been hard, you know, and uh, I, uh, I had the opportunity to, to reconnect with my, my ex-fiance um, from Hawaii and, uh, you know, I, I got her to smile and I don't, I don't think we'll ever end up back together, you know, ever again. And, um, but just knowing that like, she's, I made her smile and that there is like a sense of forgiveness. And I got to tell her that like, I've kept my word, you know, I stayed sober, that, that relationship didn't mean nothing to me. You know, you meant everything to me and you know, for me to, for me to really broadcast that and say that I did what I promised and I made a promise to myself, to God, to her that I would, you know I mean? That, that, that's like true love, you know? And, yeah. and for her just, to, you know, just to smile and not, not hate me, <laughs> you know, like that was like, I was, I was in cloud nine, you know, I felt like I had achieved so much, you know, like, and I, I mean, I accept the fact that we're probably never going to get back together you know, but, um, that was just such a significant time in my life, you know? And, uh, I mean, there's so many different blessings. It's just how you look at them. You know, I tell you, you make fun of me, you make fun of me for being the butterfly guy, right? You're like, yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta share <laughs> this, that guy, this guy talks about butterflies and he's got this voice of a demon. Like, who is it, right? <laughs> but I mean, it, 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 it really does fall down to like, you know, the lenses that we wear, the glasses that we choose to wear, you know, and 
So we can't have expectation, or we can if you want, of course. I say can't, you know, because I, I choose I choose not to, you know. Um, but if we have expectations of how our blessings are supposed to be packaged, we're going to miss out on life, you know, because we're because then we fall into the arena of being the director. The lights have to be this way, you know. If life was just this way, you know, and uh, and when we start acting like that, man, like we fall apart, you know. Yeah. Well, now you've touched on the butterfly thing, so now you got to share the story. Oh, come on, man. (laughs) Don't leave the audience hanging. Yeah, geez. All right. Stupid. (laughs) No, No, I mean, honestly, I mean, I was busting your chops, but it was was a beautiful story, you know, and it's like what we just talked about with our perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I like, well, the reason why I like to tell stories is because um, there's a statistic out there that like, I think was it 90% of people will remember stories instead of facts and statistics. And so, but people will remember a story. And so like, you know, whenever I share, I like to tell like little stories, little parables, if you will, to kind of, you know, really sink into them, you know, just like, Oh man, well, you know, um, it's a, uh, it's a sales thing, but um so, you know, there there once was a man, you know, who cried out to God, said, God, I, I need, I need your help. I need, I need, I need you. I need to hear you. Please say something. And, you know, God, thunder, uh, thunder roared through the sky and, you know, the God and the man, he didn't listen. And the man decided to go, God, please, I, I need. I need to, I need to know you're there. I need to, I need to, I need to see you, please. Like, can I see you at least? And, you know, out of nowhere, after the thunder roared, clouds parted, a star shined so brightly in the sky, you know, but the man, he didn't notice. And the man said, God, please, I, I'm, I'm, I'm desperate. I'm, I need a miracle. I just need a fucking miracle. And, um, you know, the man didn't realize that, you know, at that very moment, a life was born, you know, and the man didn't, didn't take notice of that. And, uh, he said, God, please, you know, I, I need to feel you. I, I need to know that you're with me. I need to, I need to feel feel your presence and, you know, please touch me. I need, I need, I need to know you're there. And, you know, God did touch the man and, but the man decided to brush the butterfly off his shoulder. And, uh, the moral of the story is that you'll miss out on all your blessings if you have expectations of how they're supposed to be packaged so awesome man Uh, i love that i love that story and i loved when you shared that with our group and uh you know like i said i mean you know i've got to hear your tracks and yes you do have the voice of a demon and i was just you know having have a little fun but uh that's an awesome story dude because i know you know i've gotten to know your heart too so it's like you know it's been an incredible honor and a privilege. Um, we've been on for like a little over an hour. I wanted to, before we get ready and wrap up, I wanted to ask you some of the questions that I normally ask sure. uh, guests that I have on. Uh, and since you're, you know, big music fan, you mentioned some bands earlier, but who are your top three uh, bands? Oh, man. Top three bands. Oh, gosh. That's that's a tough one. Um <clears throat> You know, 
it's funny because in our group we we uh you know we make fun of bassists you know and uh drummers and because half of them are bassists and drummers right <laughs> uh, but you know what makes it for for a band for me you know is you know anybody can play music but there's something that brings it together the glue is a singer and um that's why i always wanted to be a singer i always wanted to be a front man you know and hopefully i'll have the chance to perform again someday and you know it's like it just it just develops that it factor you know that that presence like holy shit like they're like damn near demigods you know like amongst men and um so for me growing up you know uh chino marino from the deftones had that presence you know, that ominous presence to me um and you know i'm top three chino marino um so deftones we'll say um i'm gonna say old school incubus i think they they had they they're kind of like the led zeppelin of our time um you know i listened to a lot of led zeppelin back in the day um and now I'm going to go super metal, you know, uh, man, that, that's a rough one, man. That's rough. Uh, you know, uh, man, I mean, I, as a whole, I love Azalea dying. You know, I can name a million bands, um, in terms of presence of voice, uh, Phil Bozen from Whitechapel, you know, Randy Bly from Lamb of God. Um, you know, they just have, they have something, you know, that's just, that just dictates human behavior. You know, they can say move left and they'll move left, you know, kill each other. And they just like, you know, it, it's just, it's just the wildest thing, you know, but anyway, that nice. that suffices. and then is there a particular song that's, uh, you feel has inspired you? Like, uh, that's been like a go-to it never gets old whenever you're need a pick me up or something. It's on your playlist. Hmm. Um, well, recently, I mean, I guess recently, like, I'll go with My Own Grave by Asley Dying, you know. Um, it's very relatable. You know, I've, I've been the, 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 the destruction of chaos. I've caused all my problems, you know. I've destroyed my life over and over again you know and so it's really relatable um you know that heavy intonation which i love so um that's been a really big go-to for me um as of late um <clears throat> i used right. to uh, uh temple of the dog uh which was chris cornell and uh part of Pearl Jam's project. Uh, there used to be, there's a song that uh, I used to listen to like every night before I went to sleep and it's called uh, Say Hello to Heaven. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that song right there basically helped me through age 15 to 18, you know. And uh, I never I never realized like when he died, like I just, I couldn't stop crying. And uh, there was like a part of me was, just died and it was just it was just the craziest thing that song right there like that that got me through a lot of really really hard times you know unpredictable and i was only 15 you know on my own and uh pretty much you know 
paying rent with my sister and you know my brother-in-law so gotcha and then um what class do you feel should be mandatory before graduating high school <laughs> oh my gosh uh how about a lesson in the constitution man like a deep dive in into your rights you know and the difference between a law and a mandate you know uh yeah you know um you know i just yeah it but you know about how the power resides in the people you know and that's that we're the ultimate say you know and that yeah i think a less a big lesson a true lesson like of what the meaning of of that dot of those documents and all that stuff is you know to really learn about you know your rights as a as a sovereign citizen you know so yeah. that, that'd be my best suggestion i know and and, and and you know that that goes into a whole nother episode we'll do uh in the future yeah. um it's some of the stuff we talked about but uh three people who've inspired you or you can credit for making you the person you are today oh hmm Well, my brother-in-law, um, you know, he just said life's too short, you know, basically. And he just kind of, like I said, inspired me to go after the music. Um, I had, I, I tried to go to college once and I took a, I took an English class and um, I wrote this paper, man. This guy was just like, Mr. Morris, I think, I don't remember his name, but he, you know, he, he made me drop out of school. Actually. He was like, dude, what are you going to be? You're going to be a writer. Like, like what's, what's the point of going to school? You're, you're way more talented than going to college. And I don't, I don't say that for kids at home, like go to school, you know, <laughs> but, uh, he was like, you know, I wrote this paper. He said, and he, he used it. I don't know if he still does, but he used it for an example for a long time. And it was based off of, a photograph you know and um right about this photograph is very you know very very simple you know but i went i took it another level and i went very deep in this photograph and you know it was me on stage singing the microphone really long hair i was reaching out to this kid and this kid was you know reaching up in triumph and i just kind of correlated like the similarities between just because i'm on stage and he's a fan like we just kind of we all we all suffer from the same pain and uh anyway i wrote this really really beautiful eloquent thing and he was just like dude like go after it you know and so and then uh let's see third uh i guess that would be my ex you know uh you know without her coming to my life without falling in love with her like i wouldn't have really tried you know I mean, it could be dead. You know, I wouldn't have tried to really go after recovery, you know, and be alive and be the person I am. So, you know, I don't think I would have, I mean, never say never, but I don't know what it would take, you know, for me to, to really start the process of recovery, you know, but, you know, without her and uh, being that symbol, you know, in my life to really help change my life, you know, to make me decide you know, to start really changing my life for me. I, uh, I don't think I, I don't know. I wouldn't be the person I am. So 
Nice. And then um, any causes or organizations that you support and encourage others to check out? Hmm. Causes, organizations, huh? Uh, I mean, no, <laughs> not really. I mean, I've donated a couple of things like on, on uh, GoFundMe, you know, um, it's, you know, uh, I've, I've supported August Burns Red and As I Dying in their, uh, was it the, it's, it's a heart foundation or something that says on the back of my shirt. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to start my own thing, you know, um, but, uh, you know, it, I mean, really just, I mean, music cares is great. You know, um, I would like, I mean, just trying to help people like help themselves in addiction, you know, um, it's, it's, uh, especially like outside of, you know, like, well, so like I was telling Minnesota, you can go to treatment for free. Like it, 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 it's such a, it's such a crazy world. Like when you get into the world of treatment and, uh, you see it, you know, like, it's like, okay, this person's struggling, but we can't take them because of insurance. And they're like, you know, yeah. it's so fucked. <laughs> yeah. Like this person's struggling because he's not a millionaire. Or is he, he doesn't make, he doesn't have great insurance. We can't take them. Like, you know, it's like, no. So it, it's, you know, that's, uh, that's something that I would, you know, like to change, you know, um, give everybody like a real shot, you know, and, uh, who really, who really wants it, you know, cause there's, you know, I've worked with billionaires. I've worked with millionaires. I've worked with, you know, actors and musicians of all types. And this thing shows no discrimination, you know? Yeah. And, and they just, they don't take this serious, you know, and then not as serious as somebody who's so broken, so down, so in so much pain, you know, could potentially save their entire life because they don't have anything, right? Yeah. They don't have anything to take them to easily take them back. Well, at least I have all this money. I guess I can drink, you know, I guess. Uh, yeah. That's why it's like the bottom is, is where you have to start, you know, at least, at least the only way is up. You know when you decide to stop falling so exactly or stop digging yeah and then uh what was your favorite toy as a child <laughs> favorite toy uh, uh i don't know man i um i really didn't have too much growing up i uh I mean, I guess, like, I had a super soaker. Like, have you heard of those? Yeah. Yeah. I had one of those. Uh, that was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, in terms of toys, like, I didn't really have too much of that, you know. So, a super soaker, you know, would have been cool. Um, yeah. Original Nintendo, which, you know, <laughs> that, that was, you know, that was fun. Um playing like the mario brothers you know gotcha yeah and then um any message that you have for our military members currently serving overseas uh you know thank you for your service um and you know keep you know keep the faith 
and uh, know that you know you have a whole mess of people who who love you and are rooting for you um you know and believe that you know you're you're doing really good and um that the media doesn't dictate you know what you know patriots and people really truly believe and appreciate so you know uh that's all i got hey man awesome man well hey it's been great man uh you know sharing this this uh space with you today and getting your your message out there and and as we've talked we'll definitely have you back to touch on some other subjects not to give any hints away or anything but um but dude you know i'm i'm grateful for the friendship that we've we formed and like although we haven't you know, physically met yet the power of, uh, zoom and, and recovery is strong. And, uh, you know, uh, Superman was actually, you know, created here in Cleveland. So if you ever, uh, you know, make the trip, <laughs> I'll take you a few, few places. Yeah. Yeah. We got a little Superman thing out here in the area. So, um, but thank you again for your time, brother. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, keep in touch. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much, man. This is, uh, I hope, <laughs> I hope this was good, you know? Um, oh yeah. It, it was yeah. real. It was what it was supposed to be. So perfect. You know? All right, brother. Yeah. Have a good day. Yeah. You too, my dude. See you soon.
Don't give my guys the camera. Don't let anybody in my unit touch the camera. She's like, well, why, Dad? You don't want to know. But what was funny is she's got, I don't know whose asses she had a hold of, but she's standing right there, got two asses hanging out. You've had your share of cute. Yeah, there was a conversation outside. She took us all outside. Some things shouldn't be. She promised me. Good, good, good. listening once again to today's boondoggle radio show please check out our website domaincle.com and todaysboondoggle.com be sure to follow us on social media at today's boondoggle on facebook instagram youtube and twitter for more information about this podcast support us on www.anchor.fm forward slash today's boondoggle as well as on gofundme be sure to subscribe comment download and listen to us on spotify apple Podcasts, google play spreaker and all the other podcast platforms please email us with questions suggestions and comments via today's boondoggle at gmail.com please leave us comments and five-star reviews. Thanks once again for listening to today's Boondoggle Radio Show. Thank you for tuning into this week's Today's Boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news and information, and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for supporting, sharing, and tuning into today's Boondoggle.